for a single soul. Reaching a further and stepping in closer. Welcome you to Living Life. Today we're going to be looking at eschatology, the study of end times, because we're going to be looking at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and it talks about the day of the Lord, about our Lord's return. In fact, the very first verse says, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And boy, we are so thankful that we know that indeed he is going to return but we do have many so-called experts out there and they like to have their charts and diagrams and maps and they wanna show us exactly when and how this is gonna happen. But of course, we don't know the day or the hour, but we do know that it's a sure thing. It's our blessed hope. And so we know that the Lord is gonna return and we know that we're closer to that day than ever before. And also, we know that it's going to be evident. You're not going to be wondering, wow, did Jesus just return? It's going to be very evident. But Paul here, when he writes this letter, he's talking to people who have been misguided and they've been told that the Lord has already returned. And so Paul has to kind of come in and step in and remind them of what he's already taught them. And so as we turn today to this passage dealing with the day of the Lord, let's know that this is a blessed hope that we have as the people of God, that our Lord is going to return, and he's going to return in such a way that everyone will know that he has. And when he does, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Well, let's now have ears to hear as the scripture is read for us. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to him, we ask you, brothers and sisters, not to become easily unsettled or alarmed by the teaching allegedly from us, whether by a prophecy or by word of mouth or by letter, asserting that the day of the Lord has already come. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the man doomed to destruction. He will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God or is worshipped, so that he sets himself up in God's temple, proclaiming himself to be God. Don't you remember that when I was with you, I used to tell you these things? And now you know what is holding him back, so that he may be revealed at the proper time. For the secret power of lawlessness is already at work. But the one who now holds it back will continue to do so till he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed, 
whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth and destroy by the splendor of his coming. The coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with how Satan works. He will use all sorts of displays of power through signs and wonders that serve the lie, and all the ways that wickedness deceives those who are perishing. They perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie and so that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth but have delighted in wickedness. So what we have here in our text is that Paul is correcting some misunderstanding. Like in verse 3, he says, Don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day, meaning the day of the Lord, when the Lord returns, his second coming, he says, For that day will not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the man doomed to destruction. So here it's dealing with the Antichrist, and he's got this plan that's going to overthrow God's plan, or at least that's what he thinks. But he's in for a rude of awakening because he cannot disrupt God's plans. God is guiding history to a final goal that he reveals. And we get to see some of that revelation right here in our text. And as we look at it, we can see so clearly that eschatology, the study of end times, knowing what's going to happen in the future, really helps us now in our own spiritual formation. And so we can see clearly that we need to be prepared for the Lord's return. And we don't know when he's going to return, and so we prepare for a long obedience. And then as we think about the Lord's return, we need to understand that this is a time for us to really do some self-examination, for there really might need a time of repentance in our hearts, that we need to turn back to the Lord, because the scripture reveals that there are going to be those that fall away. Or like in our text today, it says in verse 10, they perish because they refuse to love the truth. Well, I just want to encourage you as you think through this passage today, are you loving the truth that is found in God's word? Are you following the Lord? For we truly want to be prepared for when he returns. And as we look at eschatology, end times, it is certainly for encouragement. Boy, to know that God is God and he's sovereign and in control. And right now with all that's going on, the craziness in our world, it's certainly encouraging to know that God is in control. And you might know someone who needs that encouragement right now. You can step into their lives, come alongside of them, and they're right now worried or maybe in panic mode. But you can remind them that especially if they're a believer, that the Lord is in control. 
And so we have encouragement here. But also, we can see that when we look at end times, we are moved to worship the one true living God. But the Antichrist, this man of lawlessness, wants the worship for himself. And so we read like in verse 4, it says, He will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God or is worshipped, so that he sets himself up in God's temple, proclaiming himself to be God. And so he wants to be worshipped. But eschatology, end times, a lot of the Bible, in fact, the whole Word of God reminds us that we worship the Lord and Him alone. And so when we think about end times, let's not pick up a crystal ball and try to figure out all the details and just feed our curiosity. Let's pick up a hymn book and let's worship the Lord and just magnify his sovereign grace and just be enthralled with the fact that great is our God and great is his faithfulness, amazing is his grace. And then as we also think about end times, we need to be reminded that this is not a private affair, that this is done in community. This is a plan that God has for all of us. And so, for example, in verse 1, it says, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to him. You know, this isn't just about you. It's not just about me. This is for all of us, and we are in community. In fact, the aim of God in history is this creation of an all-inclusive community of loving people, where God is right in the center of that community as its prime sustainer and most glorious inhabitant. And so as we approach this text today, let's do so with humility, understanding that history is his story, that we truly look to him and we're just so thankful that he indeed is guiding history to a final goal, that he is revealed. And so we long for the day of the Lord, the return of Christ, and we do so to God's glory and our joy. So as we close our Living Life devotion today, and we've been considering the day of the Lord and end times, I want to draw your attention to verse 8 because it talks about the power of our Lord because we've been told about this man of lawlessness, this antichrist, and this verse tells us that Jesus will overthrow him with just the breath of his mouth. There's no contest, and it says that he will be destroyed by the splendor of Christ's second coming. So I just want to encourage you today as you're living life that you will know that the Lord shall return and that you can also be an encouragement to others. You know, right now, many of us need to just know 
that the Lord is present, that he's with us. In fact, we can just celebrate that we have a with us God. And so as we consider the end times and Christ's return, we know it's our blessed hope and that we want to live a life of obedience and be in preparation for his return. Let's pray. Well, Heavenly Father, we are just so thankful that you reveal to us that indeed our wonderful, loving, gracious Lord is to return. And Father, we long for that day. But between now and then, we ask that you would help us as we want to be prepared for his return. And Father, we do want to repent of anything that might be keeping us from moving forward on our spiritual journey. And so, Lord, we just present to you all of who we are, and we thank you for our blessed hope of Christ's return. We thank you and praise you in Christ's name. Amen. Sing your song, reaching your world, and stepping in closer. See you.